If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Inside the Birds is back. What's up, everybody? Jeff Mosher, Adam Kaplan. Does it feel like spring to you all because the weather's finally nice? And maybe, maybe the most obvious indication that spring has sprung, Adam, is that OTAs for the Eagles have officially begun. At least the rookie camp one. They uh, had their rookie camp this past week, weekend, if you want to call it. So, uh, they are officially the Eagles back on the field. That's always a good sign. Uh, it was nice to, you know, see Nick Sirianni press conference. But I'll tell you what the nicest thing out of the whole thing was, and you're going to laugh when I say it, but it's true. We saw visual evidence of Sean Desai truly being the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I was starting to wonder for a second there. I mean, are they ever going to put a microphone in front of this guy's face? Yeah, well, he has to talk at training camp, but yeah, that's That's true. a long way away. <laughs> I know. Maybe, yeah, he may not talk till August or, or late July, who knows. But yeah, so they got that started, and uh, they got all their their free, their undirected free agents signed. And boy, they have a very small class, for whatever reason. They didn't sign a lot this year. Right. Uh, but yeah, that, that and what we're going to do today's show is we're going to go inside their, their defensive roster, uh, some little nuggets we've got um, you know, by, per, by position, sort of, sort of roles that maybe we didn't discuss before for some of these guys and also a veteran tight end side a veteran tight gotta have now i'm gonna take a moment to lament the fact that there will be no richard rogers at least not as of yet competing for a spot this spring for the first time in about four or five years and um as everyone knows i'm a big richard rogers fan dick rod as we like to call him uh he is not on the, the 53 he's not on this uh off-season roster though but somebody else is so i guess i have to adopt the new favorite tight end but hopefully uh, is now did did richard rogers play in the league last year after the eagles chargers? yeah he that, did. that's okay. why they couldn't resign they couldn't bring him back late like the, the chargers right i don't know where he is now but um so he played with johnny hightower last year right well yeah if hightower is still there yeah i don't know if he's still on the roster but um no this one this one's interesting dan arnold's a guy that is in the league he's only in the league for one reason he couldn't run like he's a former college receiver. Another, t- this is the trend. I remember talking to the Eagles about this after um, Antonio Gates became a stud. You know, obviously a former basketball player at Kent State. That was like mm-hmm. the big thing in the league for like a decade. Okay, let's get a former basketball player who would be converted to a, 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 a tight end of the, the NFL, a play defensive end. A lot of teams tried. Very few of them ever worked. Uh, and then this kid, Dan Arnold, was a former college receiver at Wisconsin Platteville and the guy could flat out fly like he's a slot tight end he doesn't he's not in line with the tight end so he basically will play the same position as Brian Calcaterra and they'll go from there see if he could push Calcaterra for a job but Jack Stoll for a wide tight end that, that's sort of absolutely and now it's funny you mentioned the basketball background that they look for because one of their undrafted free agent signings that we did not go through in our last podcast that we will go through in this one has a basketball pedigree just that a different position not tight end so we'll get into that as well as we uh start to uh you know weave our way through the offseason here and and away from the nfl draft now we have one of our most watched most listened to inside the birds podcast well not intel with greg cosell podcasts ever his final one of this season that he did with us last week if you if you haven't checked it out you might be living 
in Iraq because that one was uh, well viewed and got a lot of great feedback. So, but if you if you haven't seen it yet, he he went through every single draft pick with his breakdowns and of course also the addition of DeAndre Swift and what that means for the Philadelphia Eagles. So make sure you check that out. Uh, our Patreon subscribers, we will be doing soon um, our new function that we promised, which is you know, doing video where we answer the questions. We've got a bunch of questions submitted, so we'll start answering those in a little bit. And of course, Adam has his Wednesday night chats on Discord with our subscribers. So uh, trying to get as much content on Patreon for our paid subscribers as much as possible. If you haven't signed up yet, it's patreon.com slash inside the birds. And we want to thank all of our new subscribers in the last uh, five to six days who've hopped on board with us. And we hope you enjoy the content. Um, we will probably, Adam, bring Greg back. I think we do an annual NFC East breakdown, and yes. we usually get Greg in on that. We haven't scheduled it yet, and we don't know when it'll fit in the offseason calendar here. But I would imagine we'd be able to, to make that happen again. Yeah. In fact, we might, depending on what our budget is, we might actually bring him back as well for do their opponents the entire because the schedule's getting released this week. And then maybe right. closer to the season, maybe when we get back from uh, training camps and so forth, maybe late August, we'll, we'll preview the whole season with Greg and go over their whole schedule. And because uh, there's no one better to get, do that. And he knows these teams inside and out. And it's always fun to hear what he thinks of uh, the players around the league. Hundred percent, and um, at some point, you and I will probably pretty soon. We'll probably do a uh, maybe even the next podcast. We'll start to do our quite too early fifty-three man roster protection ah. podcast. We'll do you know one for offense, one for defense, and uh, those are always some pretty popular ones this time of the year. Look forward to getting that together too. I'll remind everybody, Inside the Birds is powered by Ocean Casino Resort. They are the exclusive Jersey Shore Resort of inside the birds. All right, Adam, I want to go back to what you said about Dan Arnold, because he's like you said, he's sort of one of these tight ends who can fly, who can run catch, not much of a blocker. Uh, what do they call a zebra tight ends in the, uh, the old West coast offense? Yeah. He's a move tight end. Yeah. He would be, yeah, he would be a Z. He'd be a move tight end. Um, he might be able to play the F position as well, but he's really not a blocker. So he's going to, he, he's going to be on the move. You're going to free him up. Uh, he could run and he could jump. He was not drafted, by the way. The Saints signed him as an undrafted free agent in 2017. But the Eagles are now his fifth team in six years. So he just kind of – you, you kind of know what he is. And you can only use him a specific way. And that's – is a guy that's a, a detached and probably could might line him up the X position as well. But we've seen uh, teams do that, uh, line up tight ends. And he the guy could fly. And look, the, the Eagles are going to be a passing offense. We know that. Right. <laughs> just a matter of – how they want to deploy the talent, man. They, 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 boy, they got, they've got so much talent on offense, man. They, it, it, the 17 team, as great as it was, the Eagles are better at certain positions. Obviously, at, at, at wide receiver, you know, you got Zacchaeus in here now, who, who's, a, who's a good uh, slot tight end, a slot receiver, a catch, which mm -hmm. certainly improved over the years. You got A.J. Brown, who's an absolute superstar. Devontae Smith, who's a star. The making it hurts us hurts has obviously made a big jump Four four outstanding offensive linemen one obviously the right guard spots up to get that but this is this has got the makings to have one of the best offensive eagles ever put together yeah the interesting thing about arnold is that he went from a guy his first two years in the league you, you said he was with the saints his first year he caught like 12 balls then his next year he's with the saints and the cardinals he caught eight balls total on two yeah. teams. So he looked like kind of a guy who was just a guy, right? And then 2020, he actually had 31. He It's like he goes from a guy catching eight to 10 balls to 31 catches for 438 yards, four touchdowns. And by the way, he averaged 14 yards per catch, which That's goes it. to your point on showing his ability to stretch a field. And then the next season, he was with both Carolina and Jacksonville, and he caught 35 balls for 408 yards. Almost ident That's crazy. Totally different. Two different teams. At the end of the year, it's almost identical numbers, 35 catches, 408 yards. So what happens next year? Well, the Jaguars acquire Evan Ingram, and he sort of goes back to a guy catching just nine passes for 135 mm -hmm. yards. So he clearly has talent, and I like that the Eagles have given the armed themselves here with another pass-catching tight Like you said, they, they have a backup for Goddard in Stoll, like a Y guy, a guy who can catch, a guy who can block. They don't really have that. 
if you want to be 12 personnel, but you want to have just a pass catching tight end flexed in there and Calcaterra is hurt or regresses or whatever, then you got Dan Arnold to give it the old college try. I mean, I, I imagine if he does all right in camp, he can come back on the practice squad and be there if he's needed. Well, or, or he beats out Calcaterra and Calcaterra gets cut. And if he gets, if he's not hard to see that happening though. Right. I mean, it, that, that well, would be I, a I, wild surprise to me. Honestly. No, not at all. No? Okay. Right. Yeah. But you know, we, we we said Calcaterra was a six-round pick, not because of talent, because he had concussions, because he had retired, sure. and then we saw some explosion in him last year. So, oh, I, mean, I was no, no. Remember when Goddard got hurt? When we, we were like, "Wow, okay." They hit a couple of really nice plays here. But Dan Arnold's a guy that's been in the league a long time. He could flat out run, man. He's to me, this is like, okay, let's see what if Arnold could push him. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Arnold beat him out. But let's get these guys to training camp first and see what happens. Yeah, and like you mentioned, with their uncertain uncertainty at slot, right? With Zacchaeus and with um, Quez Watkins, maybe maybe there is room to sort of play this convert wide receiver tight well, end there. And, yeah, yeah, you know, really good point because quite frankly, the slot position has been underwhelming. The Greg Ward was a nice story. There's no question about it. I mean, this is his sixth season with the Eagles. So, yeah, but yeah. look, he's. But it's just not good enough. You're right. Absolutely. There, there are ways to do that. I mean, there are ways to get around it. But, yeah, we'll see. Maybe uh, maybe they use him in a couple ways. But he's certainly not an inline blocker. That's that's not his forte. Right. All right. We are going to discuss today the defensive depth chart. And there were a couple of undrafted free agents who will add to that. We'll discuss them that we didn't go through last podcast. But I want to get to one of them who plays on offense that we were kind of alluding to earlier because he's not going to factor in here to the defensive depth chart discussion. And that is, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, Chim Okorafor, who is right. a offensive lineman from the powerhouse known as Benedictine College, um, <laughs> which he he's there via Cal Poly Pomona and then Riverside Community College, Missouri Southern, and Pittsburgh State. Adam, this guy has played at every single small college you've never heard of. It's unbelievable. And right? he but, was a basketball player. Yes, he was a basketball player his first two years, I believe, at Cal Poly Pomona. So is that – I know there's a Cal Poly San Obispo. That's where Chris Gokong went. Yeah. But that was in – I wonder if Pomona is – one just another satellite Cal Poly, or if it had changed its name, I, I don't know. There's I'm a, not sure, but he also did. You mentioned he was also Riverside City College, yes, uh, Riverside Community College. Okay, yes, that's where he started. By the way, he just he turns 24 this week, so because of all the schools you said, yeah, he's he's a little older. Pittsburgh State, you know, you what, what current I he may not be with the team right now, but what veteran receiver went to Pittsburgh State? I know this, he could, I know uh, it, but I can't. Ah, I can't. First of all, Pittsburgh State is in. Uh, it is not in in Pittsburgh or in Pennsylvania, right? Kansas it's in like, where is it? Kansas. Yeah, I get uh, for some reason I get this one confused with Frostburg State. <laughs> I don't know where that is. The only reason why I know, okay, it's John Brown. The only reason why is because That's I was right. at I was at the East West Shrine game for weight practices. I'm like, who is this guy? Pittsburgh State, because there's no H at the end. I'm like Pittsburgh State, and it's what one T also, right? Isn't it? It's, it's two. It's two. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. But I'm like, Pittsburgh. Where? I, that's how I knew the school. I never heard of it before. It is Kansas, by the way. Good call yeah. on that. Do you know it's that? Can you, Kansas. if you can name their mascot name, I'll be so impressed I with you. No idea. I, I have. I, I got to tell you, this is an awesome mascot name. And I'm sort of surprised with all the animal mascot. Oh, names I know right. it. No, I know it. What okay. is it? Now you said it. Gorillas? Yes. It's gorillas. I'm kind of surprised that that's not more prominent, the gorillas. When you said yeah. the animal, because I had to look, I, whenever John Brown came out for the draft, I had to look him up because he was getting so much steam for the draft. Right. Guy could fly. He, he should have been in the senior ball and all this. I'm like, okay, uh, let me look him up. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking up like, Pittsburgh, State, Kansas, gorillas, so what? It's kind of cool. He put them on the map. No, and he, he, uh, been on off Buffalo's roster, you know, Smokey's his nickname, good player. But getting back to to uh, Corpor, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, look, it's, it's you just bring the guy to camp, and he's obviously right now just a camp body. But Eagles like developing, like Sua Pedo's a guy was that was a he was an undrafted free agent in 19. He's been a great, not a great story, but a good story in that he's been on and off the roster. That's a win for their scouting staff. And mm -hmm. um, look, he's he's actually played a little bit, so 
Uh, you know, they, the Eagles need to find. That's the one thing they don't really have now. Uh, depending on what happens, Jack Driscoll, if Driscoll starts, and they definitely don't have that guy. They just don't have that one guy, that swing offensive lineman there. They don't know who that guy would be right now. Yeah, and just to give everybody an example of what level of college he's playing football at, it's not Division three. It's not Division two. Obviously not Division one. He's at NAIA. Oh, wow. That, that's what Benedictine College is, an NAIA school which is uh you know that's that's about as small as it can be for for any type of college level competition isn't there an Akora four who plays offensive line for the Steelers Chike yes yeah he's there right right tackle yes yeah yeah interesting but he is 6'6 he is 320 it is listen it's hard to find a guy who is ever going to have more of an uphill climb than Jordan Maialata did because Jordan didn't even play football But, I mean, that guy was such an athletic freak of nature. However, you know, coming from an NAIA school, playing at Benedictine, playing at three other schools before that, you're right, he's got some experience there. But this would be the, you know, I mean, this this would be sort of a, another, yet another huge feather in the cap of Jeff Stoutland if he can get this guy into some it's, kind of NFL form. I'll, let's put it this way. If he could make their practice squad, right, if he could be on their practice squad and spend two or three years let's say two years there and then get on the field at 26 years old be one of their like one of their backups it's it's a win not you're just looking for he's a trades player he's a little older but he's a trades player and look give the kid give the kid credit for perseverance how how was it six schools five schools i think it's a lot of schools man and and the thing is it's not like they're all next to each other either this guy's a well-traveled guy yeah all right so i just wanted to get through him the other rookie free agents that we haven't discussed will get to when we look at the defensive depth chart reminder it's ocean casino resorts fifth birthday this summer they can't wait to celebrate with you join ocean for exciting promotions and sweepstakes headline entertainment the best day life and nightlife lineup in ac the debut of the birthday bar exclusive local collabs and partnerships commemorative fifth birthday merchandise and so much more don't miss stunning fireworks and unique events all summer long ocean rewards members will enjoy over $5 million in gifts and prizes. So be sure to sign up for an Ocean Rewards card to get in on the fun next time you visit. I got, hey, listen, I, I got, you know me, I got an August birthday, Adam. The, I don't know what the birthday bar is yet. I got, I'm probably going to have to check that out, see what kind of perks come, right? Your birthday's passed this year already. Yeah, we're, we're visiting though soon. I know we're going to be visiting. We are. We are. I, maybe I'll invite you to my birthday at the birthday bar. Oh, nice. At Ocean Casino Resort. The exclusive Jersey Shore Resort of Inside the Birds. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free and anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Uh, let us take a look at this defensive roster now that uh, we've got the, all the signings and uh, the inside. draft picks in. Say it again. Let's go inside and try to figure this out. Yeah, it's it's interesting because there was there's not a lot of change in offense, but on defense, there are going to be a minimum of five new starters. So, obviously, from the Super Bowl team, mm-hmm. it's not always good, but I, it's not like they don't have players who could it's, it's obviously compete for it and, and do well. So, how do you how do you see this thing? Are you as you evaluate this defense? Mm-hmm. What do you do? You have concerns, I guess. Better way to phrase it: Do you have concerns? Well, let's start up front. Do I have concerns? Yes. Um, there, there's two two concerns that sort of fold into each other. Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis. Uh, my, my concerns about them come from different reasons, but it's the same concern. And that's neither of them played a whole lot of snaps 
at the college level because they were a part of such a, a deep rotation at Georgia, you know, for different, again, Jalen Carter, part of a rotation. Um, Jordan Davis, yes, part of a rotation, but also struggles to play a certain number of snaps in a row because of his weight. Now, conditioning is going to be very key for him. It's also going to be key for Jalen Carter. And Nick Sirianni, I thought, was very honest and upfront about his need to – everybody's need. You know, he, he was asked after the rookie camp about the conditioning of the rookies. And he said, no, none of them are in good football shape. He's like, that's what this camp is for. They've all been, you know, doing the wine and dine route at everybody's top 30 visits. They're on airplanes. They're not eating well. I mean, yeah, a lot of them were training for the 40 but in the combine. But once that's done, they just start – living the hotel life and living out of suitcases and eating McDonald's and who knows what, right? So they're not all in shape, but we, but that applies to everybody, but we already know that Jalen Carter at his pro day wasn't in shape. Like most guys at least are practicing for their pro day and 40 and are, are well conditioned. So I would say, you know, week one, Adam, like to one, two, three, four, you're trying to get off to a good start, but can you get Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter on the field enough so that they can make their impact? Because the drop-off then is guys like Katavis Street and Marlon Tuipolodu and, you know, I don't know who their their nose tackle backup will be right now. I, I still think that they'll probably address that, don't you think, before the before uh, training camp? Well, okay, so on that, I would say this. Tuipolodu is coming off of an injury. He had surgery, I believe. Might have been a knee. I don't know. So he's coming off an injury. He didn't really play last season. So, other than Noah Ellis, who's obviously a run stopper, he's... I forgot. Uh, like, they have Noah Ellis. So, they do have a technically right now a backup yeah, nose tackle. Uh, yes. What do we say? Tackles? <laughs> he does. Were, folks, if, you, if you've ever seen... I don't know if any of you guys uh, will, were able to go to training camp. If you saw him on the field, he's all ankles and calves. It's just they're huge. He kind of looks like a wrestler. Because yeah, wrestlers yeah, yeah, right. have that, he's too. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's a good, yeah. good way to say it. So... You're right. They don't really have a backup nose right now. Uh, Street is more of a three technique. Williams is more of a three. Three blows mm-hmm. is a nose. Oh, oh, uh, gas, right? Or can you do both? Um, who Street? No, no, Tui Pelotu. Well, you know, they when they when they drafted him, they felt that he had some some ability to play the nose uh, like a small nose because he was yeah. strong, and they thought he could shed. T- he did at USC play some nose, but I can't say that we've seen a really effective no I can't say we've seen Marlon Tuipolodu play really well in any time being an Eagle. I mean, I, you know, he, he hasn't been awful, but he just hasn't played great. Um, yeah. He hasn't been much of a contributor, sure. especially against the run. You know, you make a good point. It's something that will, as we, as we go inside both sides of the ball here, that's something we, we had not even talked about. Who's the backup node? Because here's the thing. You know, depending on how, what, we know there are going to be some differences between the former defense coordinator Gannon and this guy. Because not everyone runs the exact same defense in terms of um, fan, the Fangio speak. They they all run their own. They, they they run Fangio, but they they have their own touch with it. So the question is how much how much five one are they going to play? How much how much of a nose is going to play? Is it just going to be rundowns? Um, mm-hmm. Or there or is is uh, we know that the Eagles saw when they when they drafted Carter, excuse me, Jordan Davis. Later in Davis's career, might be third or fourth year. Once you know he's, the hope is that they know by year three he's definitely going to be the guy to be a long time. He's in good shape, and then you start to see some cash rush from him. But right now he's really a no. So to me, it's it's a it's a four or five man rotation. Cox obviously on the this this should be it for him. Should be can't say definitely, but this should be it's on a one year deal anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carter, we have to see what kind of shape he's in. Davis, we were told, we put this out weeks ago, that he, he really looked good in their all-season program. It, it, in terms of weight is down, looks good. We'll see what the stamina is like. That's a part of it. Norton Williams has been a great story as a third deep tackle in Tavy Street, as you mentioned. That's a look, that's got some depth there. Now, how good the depth is, they have to get on the field first. So the question is, let's throw this back to you before we get to defensive end. Mm-hmm. What's the potential rotation going to be? Um, well, you know, hard to say right now, but I would think on a uh, season opener, if things go to plans, you know, Davis is your nose in the five, five, two front. He's going to be flanked by Cox and Carter. Uh, those would be your, your three and five techniques. So 
or four eyes, however they want to call it. So that that's line your your first line. Now, I think the question is if a team has some success, right? Moving the ball, they run a little hurry, whatever, and they run seven, eight plays in a row, they get a couple first downs, and Eagles got to go from their alpha line to their bravo line. Um, who who comes in to play to, to spell spell Davis? I'm fine with Milton Williams right there. You know he'll come in um, and give you some snaps. He's he's good. We like Milton Williams. He thinks we think he's done a good job as a rotational uh, interior rusher. But you know then you're looking at Contavious Street, Milton Williams, some backup nose, whether it's Tui Pelodu or Ellis or whoever. I don't know. I just it doesn't. You know there's a lot of questions that are going to have to be answered between now and then. Well. Here's what so you've got Cox, Carter backing him up. You got Davis. They'll figure out in training camp for the preseason who the backup for Davis will be. Contavious Street, it, it would stun me if he doesn't make it. He's got enough ability. He's got explosion, mm-hmm. short area, got a little pass rush in him. He's just he's just a good football player. Yeah. Solid football player, come in and give what you need, but you don't want him playing like 50 to 60% of the snaps. Sure, sure. But I could, I could certainly see 30% of the snaps. And then Moro Ojomo's there, we didn't mention. Glad you brought him up. Go ahead. Okay, no, okay, so, but the question is, there's so many guys. I, I don't, I forgot to mention him because I just don't know where, he's certainly not a nose because he's smaller, mm-hmm. but it, it can, can you really keep six? I know Milton Williams will certainly get snaps at the end where they're very late in depth. Can they keep 60 tackles? Well, that that's sort of one of the things that that it might be dictated by the level of competition. Ajomo, we gave our scouting report on him. I will say, since our, the last time we talked about him, people I've spoke to think the for the talent, the value is it. What did they get him in the seventh round? Yeah. Uh, people I spoke to had him higher than a seventh round pick. They think he's got really good motor and was one of Texas's better interior pass rushers last year. Um, so to get him in the seventh round was good value. People like his interior burst. Now he's an interesting cat. We brought about brought up that, you know, from a personality standpoint, he's going to be an interesting guy that for for in that locker room, especially with all those veterans, right? Oh, so we'll what see how that, that goes. So, so wait, you you said on the last sh- like what's he speak his mind or something? What was what did you hear? Yeah, he's just he, apparently just you know likes to debate people, likes to you know have spirited conversations and that aren't always about football. You know, like, and some people would say, like, you kind of come off as a know-it-all, or maybe you're an arrogant um, guy, because right. you know that who you know. It, th- listen, this could be the biggest nothing burger ever, because a, a lot of people are strong personalities, or it could be that when you're a rookie seventh rounder and you're trying to tell Fletcher Cox and uh, Brandon Graham, you know, <laughs> you're gonna find out real quick that you, you know they got nothing for you. You know, <laughs> well, Cosell really liked him. Boy, Greg yes. really lit up on that show. Or yeah. that show we did with him last week. So that that was interesting. I didn't because we we rarely talk to Greg before we do the show. We just said here he always wants to know who we're going to talk about. Actually, I shouldn't say it. He would like to know, but he, he says it doesn't really matter unless it's it let the, there were like four or five players he had not seen uh, of like the four hundred players, <laughs> whatever amount of players were available for the draft. Mm-hmm. Greg watched more tape this year than he did in his whole career, and. There were like four or five players. We said, "Hey, we want to talk about these guys." Is "Hey, I need a, I need a week. I haven't seen these guys yet." And then he would wind up watching them. But uh, Ojomo, yeah, boy, I was a surprise when he said how much he liked him. So that was a good story. Andrew Checo also was a was a, a fan of that pick. He, okay. he thought he had a higher grade on the seventh okay. as well. So yeah, uh, from a talent standpoint, of course, that's just from a tape watching standpoint. Yeah, but, so but we'll look, see. That's good. The, then yeah. the kid's got upside. Maybe he does push for rush spot again. Training camp's going to tell us everything in, in preseason. And in fact. If if he if he puts great tape together, that's when it could, teams hate when they when you play a guy a, a UDFA or a seventh round and the guy tears it up, and you know he's got to have to play because you're not going to play the veterans, mm-hmm. and then he, he kicks ass in that last preseason game. You go, boy, we got a tough ball here. Yeah, you don't want to wave him because you get claimed. That that is true. So it should be sort of a nice jockey of competition between. Yeah. Contavious Street, Marlon Tuipolodu, and Moro Jomo, I would think. Now, maybe two of the, those three make it. I'm not saying only one. It could be two of those three. And, and what one thing we'll look at, I don't know how much we'll be able to tell what OTAs, but certainly when we go to training camp, we'll look for We're, we're going to look at seeing how they deploy uh, just just in their, their, as you were talking about, their A and their B uh, units on the defensive line, how they deploy them. Uh yeah, we know they're an odd man front team. That's not going to change. But it, it, again, it's like, what's the depth chart look like? Because they've got, they've got some upside depth. 
whereas when we go to DN right now, they just don't have the depth. It, it's but what helps them is Milt Williams can line up at any, has lined up in, and, and he's certainly going to do that again. Mm -hmm. The question is how many snaps. So when we go to DN here, you got Schwett, you got Brandon Graham in his part-time role. Barnett's going to be on the team. That's their plan as of now. Come back from the ACL injury. Mm -hmm. uh, Janoris Robinson, I know they really want to look at him because he's long. Teron Jackson, who was cut last year, came back. Uh, and Matt Leo is Mr. Training Camp. Is this a fourth year? Is that right? Fourth year? No. I believe so. Feels like seven. I know. Feels like so they just don't have the depth, quality of depth here. This was this is why Milton Williams is going to have to line up at the end. They, getting him at the end for you know whatever it's ten snaps or twenty snaps a game is certainly going to help them. Mm -hmm. Um. Well, you also have your your strong side linebacker is in a sense a defensive end too. Yeah. So and Greg yeah. said he goes Josh Sweat's a D line. He goes he didn't want to. He, it really bothers him. Greg he goes Josh Sweat's a D line. He's at the D end. He's not it. He goes, it's, he, he, it bothers him when, he, when you talk about Sweat as a linebacker. He thinks it's funny. <laughs> or an old hard, player. Hard up he goes, he's a, he's a passion. He's, a, he's an end rusher. He's not. He is. He, he he's is. a DN. I was like, all right. All right. So speaking of, that's a good transition to DN. Um, at defensive end, they have Josh Sweat. They have Brandon Graham back for another year. Derek Barnett still on the team, amazingly. And um, then a couple of guys in Janaris Robinson and Teron Jackson, who uh, Teron, by the way, has played some of that hybrid stand-up linebacker as well. You know, Sam linebacker on, uh, you know, overhang type player, along with, as you mentioned, Matt Leo, who is not an overhang player. Right. So so here's the question. Mm -hmm. So as, as I said, Barnett's come back from ACL. We, we have to see, we, we've heard they, they're expecting him to be on the team this season. And Brandon's got Graham's got his part-time role, and he's great at it. If they because they will play some four-man front, they did last season, not a lot, but they did. Will Nolan Smith line up at end? I would say yes, uh, as uh, not a lot. He's a smaller, but it's like he hasn't done it before. And um, quite frankly, just they just don't have the depth at the end. And at some point, they're going to have to find someone else to line up there. Yeah, I, did they lose somebody? Now that I think about it, though. They didn't really lose at the end. Uh, I mean, again, well, I, I feel Williams, like... Again, as I, as I said earlier, Mount Williams will certainly line up there. Right, but I'm saying that like this is the same set of defensive ends that they had last year. Sweat, Graham, Barnett got hurt. So they had a, a different number three, the end, who was... Um, it was uh, it was Teron Jackson for some of the season, then they wound up getting released. But because their Sam linebacker is a pass rusher, right, and, or an overhang player... It's not like you need five great – what you need is four to – well, you need six good pass rushers because then you can get creative, move guys inside and outside, right? So Sweat, Graham, obviously Hassan Reddick, three right there. Cox, four. Uh, Nolan Smith should be in the mix as a backup pass rusher, five. Barnett, six. I mean, I think they'll be okay as far as, you know, you need your sort of quote-unquote the end, Adam, like right in a four-man front when you're trying to rush the passer. So I, th I think they'll be all right there. It, it's, you know, the reason why I bring it up is because Graham is 35. Yes, it was incredible what he did last season. Teron Jackson's done nothing. Matt Leo won't be on the team this fall. And Janoris Robinson, they just don't know anything about him. I know they're, I know they're really excited to get, get a look at him because of because the measurables and the upside. But again, he's a guy who's played. Mm -hmm. So really, you've got it's Sweat and it's Graham and four and just four guys. Now, I'm, I'm including Barnett. And then, as you said, They've got like the Chiron Johnson's really get, he's too small. Patrick Johnson is really a Sam linebacker. Nolan Smith could do both because he's done, he's played the end before, but he's figures at least he's at minimum, he's a Sam linebacker. It's just, I would like them. I wish they'd have one more guy, mm -hmm. but they're clearly, they're clearly depending on Barnett. That, that to me would be pretty obvious. They, they must think he's, his rehab's going pretty good. But well, you remember we'll when he went down, you remember who they replaced him with? Who? It was Robert Quinn. That's the guy that oh, they lost. Yeah. I, I couldn't think of. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, as, as much as we've knocked Derek Barnett, he has to give you at least what you got from Robert Quinn last year, oh, which is I mean, almost nothing, him. right? I mean, <laughs> just by, you know, as long as he's not out for the year. And even if he is, I'm not sure. It's, yeah. But uh, no, I mean, I mean, as long as he lines up and gives well, you eight well, snaps right. a game, you know? Right. If you could just give them 15 to 20 snaps, that's all they need because it's Sweat and Graham, Barnett. And they'll they'll get a little bit of somebody else, but again, probably Nolan Smith. They'll, they'll, they'll mix and match it. it. I just I'm really excited because 
besides only being a D coordinator for one year, and I was with another team, with though he was running Fangio, it was completely different players. So I'm, I'm interested to see how he does it. And so that's that. Those are the, the edge rushers, and then well, obviously at, at strong side you've got Reddick, Smith, Patrick Johnson, who you mentioned, and Kyron Johnson, and Kyron Johnson, man. Um, he might wind up proving to be just a little bit too short for there because he does have that edge explosion, but he's not exactly, you know, tall or huge or long limbed yeah. or anything like that. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to judge a guy after one year when he, when the Eagles were what number one in the league in sacks and almost in franchise history. So it's not like he had an opportunity to go out there and showcase himself, but he was a special teamer and we know special teams wasn't very good for most of the year, but you know, I just, I just don't know. Well, right. He, he, he's their fastest uh, special teams player and their, their, their coverage did improve later, but as you said, overall still good enough, but because of Nolan Smith, that's kind of, it's going to crush Kyron Johnson's chance and Patrick Johnson's chance probably to get on the field very much. Yeah. But again, what we're looking, you know, what we'll be looking for is how they deploy Nolan Smith. Cannot wait to see him on the field. What, what a, I, it, the Eagles are going to. I, I, my gut, my gut feeling is the Eagles are going to be right, and the other teams are going to be wrong about letting them drop to thirty. That, that to me should not have happened. I, I you and I know we heard from other teams. Tweener, is he DN? Is he a, is he a stand-up outside linebacker? Yes. Is he, like, how are you going to deploy him? And, and, and the funny thing is, you know, people make fun. Oh, he's only two thirty-eight. Well, he was actually a pretty good run, run defender. Yes. So, what the hell's with these teams? What well, they- I, I would th- say this, Adam, just based on feedback i've gotten on why he he you know teams viewed him as a certain way i think you're right that he's the eagles might wind up being right but they're also adding him to a mix where they have five or six guys that can all rush the passer including a guy in hassan reddick who literally is sort of his projection if if a different team had taken him like say 13th or 14th like like the patriots then he'd probably be like have to be like among their top two pass rushers and if he needs to be refined which is what some of the feedback that we got on i don't know that he's ready to just already be one of the top two pass rushers sure. on the team. so so you're right he would have been in a not a great situation though and with the eagles i think he flourishes because like Derek barnett as a rookie right Derek barnett as a rookie was was at his best because he had pass rushers all around him from bg to chris long to fletcher cox i mean he was just able to get in there and oh they had jernigan i mean they had tons of guys vinnie curry so he just was able to like feast off of being it's around such a great room and i think that that's going to benefit nolan smith as he sort of develops his and refines his game sure and then just out of that but you know over time over the next three to four years you, you could see him line up as a joker just move them around, create matchups. That that's that's when you that's when you get to see how creative Desai is because you don't want to run a, such a static defense. You, yes, their pass rush was ridiculously great last year, um, but you saw the turnover numbers when Garner Johnson got hurt, where their turnover numbers were not quite as good. Right. And remember, remember we were saying in the, the game, when they started getting a ridiculous amount of turnovers, we're like, look, this is just not going to this is just not going to continue. No, I think obviously Gardner Johnson getting hurt didn't help, but man, if you can continue to get pressure as you were talking about with it, with this group, we'll see how Edmonds and City will get to those guys in, in a minute. The the secondary, but pressure is pressure, man. If you can get that, you're going to eventually get turnover. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the middle of the defense. We'll talk about the inside, the coverage linebackers, the stack linebackers first we're going to pause real quick to hear a word from some of our great sponsors all right every year we have this discussion about linebackers adam and every year it's like we got a bunch of different names to talk about and you know there was a point last year where you and i were like hey man this whole marcus epps and um who's the kid that they signed uh i can't think of his name from the chargers last oh, year because oh, uh, white because you're white we, we looked at each other and we're like you know this little pair is going to work out pretty good right they, they might be eagles for a couple <laughs> years but here we are just a couple months later and we're talking about literally a new set of linebackers once I'll, again i'll say this with kaiser white he was really really good for at least half the season then his, his play waned a little bit mm-hmm. or he got kind of found out you know maybe so maybe so but it, it, it still it was a situation where 
if they really wanted him back, they would have offered, but you know, he, he moved on and he's now with Jonathan Gannon in Arizona and the Eagles are just not, they're just saying you can't pay everybody. And they were not going to pay him 5 million a year. They just were not right. good for him. Nice yeah. guy. Yeah. Good story from the area. And you got 6 million fully guaranteed at sign. That's a heck of a contract. Good yeah, it wasn't that much less than what um that tj edwards got and tj edwards had a way better year yeah i know and tj <laughs> tj I, now i know i think you you noted this because he's from the chicago area um yeah in fact tj edwards full guarantee at signing was really is a little bit more than um white but not much more you're right good call I tell you, there, there's a, there are certain things that I've come to really understand about this league. Um, if you're a linebacker in this day and age, and you don't run a four five forty, right, or better, it it almost doesn't matter how good of a year you had or what your instincts are. I mean, they're just really looking for guys where Lightning can run because Kazir White did not have as good of a year as C. J. Edwards, but he can run with anybody. He runs well. Right. And he was drafted also. Wasn't he a fourth round pick of the Chargers at one point? Uh, I looked that up, but he's been, yeah, he's more safety. Yeah, he was correct. 2018. Yeah. 2018. yeah. There's some, there, there's, when you're a rookie free agent who does really well, um, there's a couple that you and I know of who are, who are doing really well and will be coming up on contract soon. Teams always try to, sort of remind you that you're a rookie free agent uh, like very rarely do those guys just even no matter how good they are get that huge payday that they're looking for right off the bat because they are always the rookie free agent there it's like a team mentality i've seen it with a lot of different teams um that they, they almost hold it against you or it's like they they won't, no matter how well you play they won't believe in you <laughs> to a point where they're going to make you you know the highest paid at your position if you're or among them even if you're really good. And so. look at look at Austin Eckler. I know this is a little bit extreme. Another no, it's a great example right there. <laughs> so ridiculous the way the Chargers are treating him. I get mm-hmm. it. It's running back. Class guy. Could not do I mean, the guy's one of the best players in the league at his position. He signed an undervalued deal when he signed an extension and he has to be traded. They couldn't find anyone who would take him because he wants a new deal. And yeah, you're right, man. It's uh it's 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 a tough business, man. But Anyway, who's the, so who's the safety from Washington who's pretty good? Um, Curl, right? Yeah, he was drafted. He was, yeah, he was so, drafted, but he was a very low pick, wasn't he? Like yeah. a sixth rounder or something seventh, like that. Seventh round pick. All right, he's played really well. Be very interesting to see if he gets paid like some of the higher. He he's arguably one of the better safeties in the NFL. Maybe not top three, but he's one of the better safeties. And for Washington, he's been a lifesaver. Um, so, but we'll see what they wind up doing. It's just like yeah. I said, when you're a low, when you're a day three guy or an undrafted guy, it's like really hard, man. All right. Yeah, it, it, there are very rare instances where a guy, a sixth or seventh rounder, I've been Tom Brady, uh, <laughs> although he took undervalued deals, like blows it up after his first round, like just signed a huge extension. Right. But yeah, that that's an interesting situation. So so, yeah, we're on the inside. We'll we'll finish off the backers here. Um. Nicobe Dean, yeah, obviously Dean, barring something highly unforeseen, it it would be really crazy if he doesn't start because they there are two inside backer defense: Dean, Morrow, Nick Morrow, the projected starters. Ben Summer, who we talked about the last show, was a tackling guy in college. Christian Ellis, who played late last season, but he's more of a special teamer, but he'll have a chance to to get some snaps. And then Davion Taylor, I can't imagine he'll be on the team this season. It, it would be hard for him to bring him back. He's on the, he's actually no, they cut him, brought him back. He's got a new deal and Sean Bradley special teams only. So they've gotten, they've gotten away with having like no depth really at inside mm-hmm. linebacker mm-hmm. because they just, it's just the way they do things. Uh, Cause Edwards was durable. So was Kaiser white. How many, how many linebackers did they have last year? It was Kaiser white and Edwards were the starters. Bradley was on the team because he was a special team all year long. Ellis didn't start with the team. Did they really only have just three guys for most of the year? Uh, last year, they had, I won't tell you. Because I can't, I, like you said, they stayed very healthy. So I don't really remember anybody other than Edwards or White having to play a whole lot of snaps, you know, at, at stack linebacker. Four guys. 
you're right. No, it was no Kobe Dean was the insurance policy. Oh, of course, Dean. I forgot to mention Dean, right? Yeah, but no, you're right. It was Kaiser White and Edwards. They just weren't getting hurt. Bradley never would play on defense, barring something, something would have to happen. Right. And Nicobe was the emergency. He was the uh, insurance policy, and that was it. Yeah. And you look at him now, and it's like, all right, I guess Dean and Morrow would be the starters. And again, Morrow iffy. But after that, if they're going to keep four, like who are you keep? Like Christian Ellis, Davion Taylor, Sean Bradley, and Vent. Vance is Van Sumeran the one that they gave the most amount of money to, Adam? I don't have all their contracts. I know they okay. gave him a healthy bonus. Hmm. Um, I, I don't yeah. know. Even if he makes it, I mean, this it's I mean, it's linebacker. What I, I don't know why they're I'm surprised to be having this conversation. They're, they're disposable players for them. They don't they just don't mean a lot to them, the inside backers. Right. The projection is Dean. Dean obviously was a great value, but we know why. There were some issues with his body type. He's smaller. He's a guy that we want to see if they, they'll use him as a blitzer, but now that he's projected to start. Morrow's the guy that uh, Paul Gunther, the former Raiders D coordinator, came on our show uh, last year, late last year, and explained how his whole story was amazing. And uh, by the, his third year, they gave him the green dot to wear. He was a leader on defense. Mm-hmm. Great kid. Amazing background. Uh, you mentioned Van Summerin, and then Christian Ellis, to me, is a guy they wanted. They love his speed. I'd, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't make it. But I, as you said, I, I, I see them only keeping four guys and Vince Summer and Ellis figure to be the backup. I mean, the key to this whole equation is N'Kobe Dean. Uh, if he's as good as he's supposed to be and plays at a TJ Edwards or even better level, which, he, you know, obviously being a third round pick, um, that's expected and, and would be good. But even if he does, like, I still think there's sort of a drop off from what you got last year with this Dean Kaiser White tandem to. I mean, Edwards and Kaiser White tandem to Dean and whoever, whether it's Morrow, whether it's Ellis, whether it's, sure. I don't know, who else could it be? I mean. But but if Dean, because he can blitz, remember, he was a phenomenal player at Georgia. In fact, uh, the head coach, uh, Kirby Smart, uh, I'm told, called him the smartest player ever coached. Right. So now, does that mean he's going to be a great pro? No, that's that's golf football. This is the pros here. But we know he's really smart. But again, this is a big step up. The first year starting, so we'll see. Um, he's not the biggest guy in the world. Well, I'm, I'm interested to see what his weight is, see if he can get up to 230. Uh, that's something they'll, they'll have to monitor. But Christian Ellis is a guy I know they want to take a, a bigger look at in this offseason because, man, the kid can run, and he he puts some good tape together in his limited playing time. Yeah. His ability to bit, uh, blitz, N'Kobe Deans, would be a, is a very big bonus. But yep. it doesn't really alleviate my overall concern about the position because my concern about the position right now is that it's very light and can get run on uh, if, especially True. if those guys aren't kept clean. And I don't feel great <laughs> about um, this new personnel here being able to, I mean, I think people, people, I, I guess people realize, but, but TJ Edwards played really well. I know there were times he got beaten coverage and I know some of his bad time moments stand out, but he really played, especially when they needed to tighten up against the run after that Washington debacle i mean he made some really big plays and he was just because he was steady he was constant he could get to the ball he could make the tackles and so you know because white like you said in the first half of the season he was breaking up passes to tight ends he was everywhere they were really instrumental and and to, you're right that the eagles the the team sees this as fungible disposable parts but it doesn't mean the parts that they add in are going to play as better than the ones that came out so Fair. big part of their defense well hey listen we're, we're a far I still think this is a position that Howie Roseman tries to upgrade before their first game. I, I would not be shocked. I, uh, look, here's the good, good thing. Man, it is a buyer's market. There are so many inside backers yep. out there who are actually guys who have been started for a long time. So, yeah, uh, that, now that where they would have leverage. But, you know, they'll take a look. You make a really good point, though. They're really small. They're, they're much smaller than inside backers, like physically smaller. Mm-hmm. Not as far as height, but weight. Yeah. So we'll see. So that's that's there's a that's it. We did the the, the we did uh, strong side guys into inside guys. So we'll get to D backs. Yeah, we will get into the D backs in a second. First, we're going to remind you to check out our friends at phlsportsnation.com. They're enhancing your experience, the fans' experience. They're enhancing your experience, everybody's experience with their coverage of all Philadelphia sports teams for the fan by the fan is their motto. So make sure you check them out at phlsportsnation.com on Twitter at PHL Sports Nation. Let's pause real quick to hear from our friends at Sky Motor Cars. Sky Motor Cars in Westchester is a different sort of dealership. 
All it takes is one look at their Highline pre-owned vehicles that people all over the country want to need. Owner Brett Schilder, make sure you don't spend a dime of your money before you purchase the car. Sky Motor Cars allows you to make all the decisions regarding your next vehicle. At Sky Motor Cars, you never have to spend more than necessary. Visit SkyMotorCars.com today or call 610-918-7225. And if you stop into Sky Motor Cars out there in Westchester, PA, make sure you tell them Adam and Jeff sent you. You will get a great deal. And, of course, if you have a chance to listen and subscribe to the Powder Blue Podcast, the Phillies podcast, myself, Frank Close. It's on the Cheesesteaks and Change-Ups Network on all major podcast platforms. So check that out. You probably have to Google either Powder Blue Podcast or Cheesesteaks and Change-Ups, and you will find Frank Close and I in our podcast. Really appreciate it. On your Twitter is is it pow- at Powder Blue Fills? At Powder Blue Fills, I okay. believe, is the uh, yeah the Twitter handle there. Okay, cool. All right, um, let us talk about this back end of the defense. Let's start with safety, Adam. Yeah, so let's go inside what it looks like. So they'll play their split safety look as we understand it. They'll do that. Um, it's just one personal source said to me with Sidney Brown. Yes, it's true. He really was not asked to cover very much. Yes, he was mostly a box player. But again, it's what he was asked to do. It doesn't mean he can't play back. It doesn't mean he can't cover a slot receiver. He just was not asked to do it. His former team, former teammate, Tertavius Martin, was their coverage guy. That's why he went higher. He was a really good player. Brown dropped to the third because you can only go by the tape. And the tape showed you that he mostly lined up in the box, knifed in there to blow plays, uh, uh, blow, blow for play. And he wasn't asked to cover other than tight ends uh, up front. So, okay, so he's going to do more of the coverage. Doesn't mean he can't do it. So that's something that they're going to have to work on with him. But apparently, from what I've heard, he's an extremely willing learner, super coachable. Uh, and he's a guy who's got great athletic skill. It's just he wasn't asked to use it enough. But the Eagles and other teams thought, uh, based on the senior ball, uh, certain tape from, over his career, if you go farther back, you see some things. And, you know, the, the, the measurables were really good, the, the athletic stuff, the combine, and you'll go from there. But, again, he, this is a big step up because he's going to have to do things he wasn't asked to do very much. I wonder, Adam, if Sean Desai will look at his personnel and think to play a little bit more two-man coverage this year, which is two deep safeties with man underneath, and then use Justin Evans as a third safety, like your second interior defender. You have Avante Maddox on the inside against the slot receiver, Evans on the inside against a tight end if they think he can run with the tight end and then you're obviously your corners on the perimeter and then you can play your man match scheme underneath a two shell look because I don't I don't like you said I don't know if Sidney Brown well I mean I could say I don't know we, we, we're pretty sure Sidney Brown's not going to give you the type of coverage and instincts and playmaking that CJ Gardner Johnson gave you because CJ was really a nickel corner by trade whereas Sidney Brown is a safety by trade he'll make most of his plays from a safety position, um, not necessarily a coverage position. So I don't know. It just, to me, if you want to alleviate Edmonds and Brown from having to do too much of that, you can just play some, a lot of two shell coverages and and put Evans in because Evans is supposed to be able to run with these guys if he's healthy. Right. Yeah. He did some nickel last year because they, they had some guys hurt, but again, over time, over the first couple of years, you're going to see him gradually, he should do more coverage. These people are trying to figure out, okay, who's going to be the coverage safety? Well, neither are great at it. Evans had to do it. He covered tight ends. We noted we noted this when they signed him based on our, our personal source. Said, yeah, he definitely covered tight ends. He's done it. He's not great in coverage. He's okay. Um, they're just not – on this roster, there's not really a proven coverage safety. Like, that's something they're going to have to figure out in training camp. Um who's more comfortable at it. They ha- they have a general idea, but you're not really going to know until you get to training camp and get through the, um, by mid mid to late August, you have a better idea. So then, of course, there's Blankenship, Kevon Wallace in the last year's deal. So here's the way it looks right now. Evans, Brown, Evans, Blankenship are definitely making the team. Mm-hmm. I should say, not Evans is not definitely making, he should. He should. That should be the four. Then the, the Sasha will be on the team for specials. They got Tristan McCollum, who we were told initially would probably play safety, not corner but can play corner. He's a height, weight, speed guy. They got to take a look at him. And then Sashere, and we mentioned for special. So, well, it's funny you think Sashere would make it over to Wallace because I thought so too last year, but 
Wallace was the one that wound up making the 53 and Sasha was on the practice squad. They, they elevated him a couple of yes. times, yeah. but I don't know. They saw something in Wallace at times. And, and there were t- certain times where he played okay, but they have to use them him the right way, closer to the, the line of scrimmage. Well, with Evans being there, you're adding Edmonds Brown. We know obviously they lost two safeties, the two starters, but they got Edmonds Brown and Evans are new. Blankenship's back. The question is, do they keep Sasha just for special cut him? Do what you mm-hmm. were talking, play the roster tango, just bring him up, uh, elevate him on game day. And we'll oh, well then we'll we'll learn closer to the season if they're gonna keep those rules last year, what, what kind of rules they're gonna have for call-ups, but and then or, or they just keep Wallace as the fifth and he'll just be the insurance because he has experience. Um, but to me, obviously Blankenship's uh, ahead of him. Yeah. And I, I, honestly, if, if they have those top four guys on the roster, you don't, do you really need to dress a fifth for game day? Uh, probably not. No. Right. So that's no, but he can make it though as a, as a, as a insurance policy. Yeah. But see, well, it's funny. They lost two safeties, but they replaced three. You're right. That's, yeah, gonna... that's what I'm saying. But here's yeah. another thought. See, this is where it gets tricky for those of you who like to do your own 53 man roster. See, if they go heavy on D line, if they keep 10 defensive linemen, which is not ideal, but if they keep, uh, if they keep six defensive tackles at four ends, that's 10. Right. But if they keep nine, you know, you got nine defensive linemen, probably no more than four inside backers. That's 13. You got probably three strong side linebackers, Smith, Reddick, and Patrick Johnson, or Chiron Johnson or Patrick Johnson. Chiron only play specials. Mm-hmm. There's your, there's another three. Four safeties, and then we're going to get cornered to finish this out, which is really interesting because they, they, all of a sudden they've got a lot of young players there, which is always good. Yeah, not really proven. So th- there's a numbers game here. This is uh, the, the boy, the battles for the first time in many years, man. These there are going to be some serious training camp battles. A hundred percent. All right, let's move on to corner because you'll see some bottom roster battles here going on. Obviously, at the top of the roster, it's pretty set. James Bradbury, Darius Slay. You think I know Avante Maddox is uh, this is a big year for him, don't you think? I mean, if he doesn't stay healthy, it's now year three of that extension or year two or three of that extension. Uh, you know, it's not a position that the Eagles can't feel like they they can replace easily. Um, I, I just think he's got to stay healthy and be productive oh, this year. His 100%. cap number. This is a really interesting thing you bring up here. Mm-hmm. His cap number, which is only $4 million this season, it skyrockets to $10.1 million in 24, which is the last year of his deal. But only if he's on the roster, right? Well, no, no, his cap, well, his cap number, his, it, yeah, if he's on there now, they would save his salary of 6.85 million is not guaranteed. The, the, That's a lot. The guarantees, yeah, the guarantees are out of his contract after the season. Mm. So, boy, there's a, there's a, it's, yeah, he's, boy, he, he better stay healthy. Now, you make a really good point. Now, it's not like, it's not like right now, Look, he's a slot corner. He's one of the better ones. So the, the question is, can they find someone over that time that could play the slot? Um, Ringo's a project. You know, he's a fourth rounder who's lightweight speed guy who's just got to develop. They're going to bring him along slowly. Rudy Williams is on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Zach McPherson could play inside or outside. He's been more of an outside guy who's really hasn't played much. He's in his third year or his four-year deal. We mentioned Josiah Scott as a backup slot. Didn't work for him last year at all. He didn't play well. And then you got guys who are in the super back end of the roster who are long shots to make it. Like Joshua made it last year. He just didn't play. He was on the roster. Mario Butch did not. Eli Ricks is an undrafted free agent. Mikai Gardner is an undrafted free agent. Scott Lamp, like Ricks. Um, so the question to you would be, is there a spot open for any of these guys? One, two, three. They usually keep five corners, if I'm not mistaken. You know, this is an important year for Zach McPherson because he is literally the only guy I think they have right now who can challenge to be the the backup slot. Greedy Williams is not built like a slot. For everything we've heard of about Ringo, same thing, tall, long corner, you know, not necessarily a side to side. You know, in the slot, you have to have that short area burst, that fluid hips, but you know, we were told about Ringo, even Greg Cosell said it, is that, you know, throttling down not necessarily his best attribute be- because he's a taller, stiffer guy. So Josiah Scott, I mean, he we, he had the chance last year. He did not perform well. Josh Job, 
is a guy who is more of a corner who has safety ability than slot, I believe. So I, I you know, can Zach McPherson make it? It's weird because if Zach McPherson doesn't make it on the team, who is the backup slot? Is it Josiah Scott again? Well, I don't know if they want to go that McPherson route. McPherson will make it for specials, but you're right because Bradbury, Slay, outside. Reedy Williams, unless he totally fails in training camp, would be the top backup outside corner. Mm-hmm. McPherson was really that guy last year, right? Yeah. And he just never got called upon because the other guy, the bet stayed healthy. Right. They have a lot of players here, but there's definitely Bradbury Slade, Maddox are three. Williams is four. McPherson five. Ringo has to make it that six. These other guys can't. You're not keeping seven points. That's just not happening. Yeah. Could someone, the reason why I said this, could someone push McPherson off the team? Uh, they'd have to be able to be able to play the slot, don't you think? Because if so you're, Maddox so goes you're, down, they need a slot, a slot corner. They got to go with McPherson over Josiah Scott this year because it just, unless Josiah Scott has this amazing training camp and offseason where he, he revives his career here as a backup slot. Mm-hmm. Maddox's injury history, you you know something's good. Like, okay, they got away with it with Bradbury and Slay. But there's no question they got away with it. Now, Greedy Williams, they're counting on him to be that 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 backup on the outside. But if so, if, if Maddox gets hurt, which is based on his career, probably likely. Mm-hmm. Who's that guy? Do you feel good about who can go in there? I don't know if they have that guy. You make a really good point because honestly, you could have 50 guys. They just don't have anyone. Yeah. I mean, same thing with Eli Ricks, who I know, you know, we're at this point of the podcast, we've probably pissed off every single person who's emailed us telling us that Eli Ricks is going to be on the team. We're crazy, you know. Uh, but even he, I don't think, projects really as a slot receiver, or I mean, a slot corner. I mean, he's right. six foot two. Right. Right. So I. Uh, by the way, you know, you can you can feel the Eli Ricks momentum already gaining among, you know, people who are familiar with his background. This sort of feels like Trevon Grimes from a couple of years ago, where it's like people are emailing us. You guys are idiots thinking that Trevon Grimes is not going to make this team as the third receiver. And we're like, what? And then, you know, the guy didn't even make it to training camp. I mean, like he got hurt. But he, I know he got hurt, but he didn't even get he's i'm sure he's been healthy yeah i don't think he's on with any other team no he hasn't flashed he might be cfl he never became a the, the, their hope was that he'd make the team and just he, they didn't expect him to play they they were just thinking like maybe if, if he could blow it up yeah he'd be a back-end player he was never gonna be a third receiver that was really people said that oh i i can i can find some emails yeah really okay yes. <laughs> but look in the end here this is why it's taken so long to get to the show folks there's so many jobs open mm-hmm in terms of the, there's going to be a pecking order D tackle. There's going to be someone's going to push for raw inside backer. Safety's got a lot of moving parts. They got to figure out what the depth chart is. We'll figure that out in training camp. We'll start to get an idea through an OTA. So, corner, you just, you know, the, the best part about this whole show is figuring out that they don't. This is why we do these shows because we don't really know it until we get through it. That they're going to have, to me, they really should, based on your, you bring this up they really should go get a better slot corner but they may not agree with us but to me i that that might behoove them to get someone to to compete for that backup slot job now they did sign a undrafted free agent that we didn't get to last podcast his name is makai garner and the skinny didn't was he an lsu kid i forget where yes lsu kid which is always you know a good school to try to find a corner from guess what he's tall (laughs) he's six (laughs) two It's amazing. Like the the Eagles just it's almost like they said we are not going to sign a corner who's below six foot two this year. I mean, you know, uh, or draft. Right. We are gonna find out because he's thick, two twelve mm-hmm. the combine, which six two and two twelve. Me you don't find a lot of tall safeties, but we're gonna look in to see if they might line him up with safety in training camp. Mm-hmm. Huge hands, ten and one eight, long arms for a corner. Um yeah, 32 and a quarter is long for a corner. In fact, there's some offensive guards in the NFL are 32 and a quarter. Yeah. So, wow, okay. Uh, he's he's a talented – apparently he's a talented kid, though. It's just, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, you're right. He might be a tweener. Like, I don't know if he's an outside corner or a safety. I mean, he didn't run great. I mean, 4 5 is not good enough for corner. No. But, again, because he's long, you never really know. But he seemed to me like a Seahawks corner with the, with the, with the, with the length. But, man, that, that is – when you look at it, Greedy Williams' length, 
Ringo's got Lynn. Mm -hmm. Over 6-1. This kid, Garner, McCollum. Yep. Who signed for the offseason. His brother is with the Bucks. Well, it's a league of very tall, long-limbed wide receivers now, so it makes oh. sense to be a league of tall physical corners. There you go. All right, so that is a early, that's an early look there at the defensive uh, personnel after the signing of the rookie free agents and after the draft picks and then all the other moves. So we did offense last podcast. We now just round that out with defense. And as we move forward, we'll pretty soon get to our 53-man projection. And, of course, with the camps beginning, we'll have any news that comes out from those as well. As we have to remind you, the Eagles start camp later than anybody and end camp earlier than anybody. So that has been a, their unique formula, but they feel like it's been successful. It's hard to argue with the results of that along with the shorter practices. So, um, but that is the, that's the case that it's not like the OTAs man used to be full of news and great stories. And it's just not like that anymore. Um, but we will continue to do our best to provide you with anything that comes out. Oh, we'll, 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 know OTAs. We'll, we'll let you know. We'll give you your, your OTA all-stars if there are any. <laughs> so, honestly, this is sometimes where it starts, particularly yeah. for lower-end guys, where they really open some eyes, and then the, the club's excited to see what they look like at training up. Sometimes it doesn't – because they're not in pads or anything, sometimes it just doesn't match up. But sometimes these guys continue it. We'll see. Awesome. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Inside the Birds, the leading podcast in Eagles Intel as always, we thank you for flying with us inside the birds.